0: Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In Romans chapter 3, the Apostle Paul gives an overwhelmingly forceful list of scriptures showing the complete depravity of all humanity. Without Jesus Christ, Paul declares that all human beings are together worthless before God. Let's open our Bible now to Romans chapter 3 and look at this sobering truth of the utter sinfulness of all mankind. Well good morning and welcome to another teaching. It's a Wednesday morning here in Texas and uh, hopefully you guys are loving on Jesus, spending time with Jesus, growing to know Jesus, growing to be a more devoted disciple of Jesus Christ our Lord. So thank you Lord Jesus. All right we're continuing in Romans chapter 3 today. Uh, Lord willing we'll do verses uh, 9 through 20 in Romans 3. So Father we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy, your favor, your goodness, and your grace on our lives, Father. We thank you for this book of Romans. We thank you for the, the overwhelming truth that this book of Romans brings us, Father. We thank you that, that we have our Bible, Father. We thank you, Lord, that every word of God is, is flawless, Lord. We just thank you, Father, for the scriptures. But Father, above all, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Lord Jesus, we thank you for becoming a human man for us. We thank you for living a perfect, righteous life on our behalf. We thank you for dying a a torturous death on our behalf. And we thank you that you are alive and risen and we worship you today. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open your word. Give us eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that understand in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. Continuing on now in Romans chapter three, remember in the first, uh, two chapters, Paul has, has, has laid out, uh, systematically, incredibly that all human beings are sinful, um, utterly sinful and, and hopeless, helpless. And he's going to go through here now and, uh, in verses nine through twenty, and he's gonna he's gonna lay out a a list of Old Testament scriptures. That's just a uh, it is a profound list, and it's, he's gonna break down in in these uh, in these scriptures just the, the the utter and complete sinfulness in every way of humanity. Um, I mean, and it's here, and, and we really ought to use it as Christians as a. You know, as a tool that everyone may be convicted of their sin, everyone may truly understand that all 8 billion people in the world today are sinful, and and every one of us needs a Savior, and without a Savior, only eternal hell awaits. Have mercy, Lord Jesus. All right. Romans 3, verse 9, what shall we conclude then? Are we any better? Not at all. We have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away, they have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves, their tongues practice deceit, The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. ruin and misery mark their ways, and the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. Wow. All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, I mean, it's real. So let's look through these now. I mean, this is, uh, you know, Paul says in verse nine, what shall we conclude then? What's the conclusion? Are we any better? And what does he mean by we? he's saying are are we jews any better than the gentiles and remember there are only two groups of people in the bible those who are jewish the chosen people of god and all the rest of the people in the world and we're called gentiles so when paul says are we any better he's saying are 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 we as jews those who have been given you know the revelation of the word of god in the scriptures Um, those who have been given circumcision, are we any better? He says, not at all. Not at all. We have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under sin. No human being is better than another human being. Regardless of what nationality you're born into, regardless of what ethnicity you are, um, regardless of what race you are, regardless of what gender you are, every single one of us is sinful. All of us is under sin. All of us, we are all under sin. Um, We're all spiritually dead without Christ. We have no eternal life. We cannot know God without Jesus Christ our Lord. What shall we conclude then? Are we any better? Not at all okay there there are, there are people who in their you know in their conceit and their arrogance and their hubris that actually think in their natural selves they're better and they're not sinful and they they really don't have any of these problems um and it is the it's the height of deception not at all paul said okay so again no race no gender no ethnicity no nationality is better than another every single human being, all humanity, all men and women are under sin. We have already made the charge that Jews, those who are Jewish and Gentiles, everyone else in the world alike are all under sin. Verse 10, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. Let that sink in. Right there in the word of God. Okay, so here's the scripture telling you in Romans 3.10, there is no one righteous, not even one. Okay, what does that mean? There's no one who does right. No one who who has lived their life in a righteous way before our triune God. Verse 11, there is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. Okay, what is Paul saying here? No one can understand or no one can seek God in themselves without Jesus Christ, without receiving and trusting in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, without receiving spiritual life, eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord, Mike, you cannot know God, you cannot seek God. You cannot understand the scriptures. There's nothing we can know, Scott, in any manner or in any way pertaining to God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, or God the Holy Spirit. If we do not know and have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of our sins, the salvation of our soul, deliverance from eternal hell, and to go to heaven when we die. When we receive Jesus Christ, we come into eternal life, spiritual life. The lights come on, so to speak, and now we can begin to live in a righteous way. We cannot get to heaven based on anything we've done. And Paul's going to say that here based on in verse 19 and 20. And he's been saying it for the first three chapters. All right. There is no one righteous, not even one, not one human being in history is righteous. Only the God-man, Jesus, who came into this world, and he indeed was perfectly righteous. He lived a perfect, righteous, sinless, obedient life in every manner and every way. Jesus never sinned in thought, word, or deed, okay? He is the only one. And when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, right, Rap? That perfect, righteous life that Jesus lived is actually credited to you as if you lived it, and all of our sin and disobedience and wickedness, past, present, and future sin, is credited to Christ at the cross. That exchange, right, Becky, is the heart of the Christian gospel. It's incredible. There is no one righteous, not even one. There's no one who understands, no one who seeks God. Verse 12, all have turned away, okay? Every single one of us has turned away to ourselves as human beings. Yes, we are sinful. We're selfish. We're myopic. We want our own way. Okay. Um, you know, I've been walking with Jesus for 25 years and still I feel this pull to selfishness. I, 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 uh, I have a pull to preference. Okay. I'm a man who likes what he likes. Okay. Um, but all of us have turned away. Every human being has disobeyed the word of God over and over and over and over. Verse 12, all have turned away. And this is maybe the heaviest statement in all the scriptures. And it's something that's that's hard, but it's something we really, really need to understand if we're gonna grow to know Jesus, if we're gonna grow to walk with him. Verse 12, all have turned away, they have together become worthless let that sink in they have together all humanity have become worthless what is he saying he's not saying that we you know we can't go to work he's not saying we can't by the grace of god by the common grace of god that he's given the world that we can't make money that we can't do certain good things by the common grace of god they have together become worthless Without Jesus Christ, we can be of no value to God in any manner or in any way. We are utterly and completely worthless. We're spiritually dead. We have no life in us. We cannot understand anything. We cannot know who God is in any manner or in any way. And we cannot serve him. I understand it's, 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 it's heavy. It, 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 it's harsh. It's harsh. But it's written so that we would really understand the truth. It's given to us, y'all, as a mercy. I mean, does that make sense, May? I mean, it's a mercy. Again, yes, it's hard. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. So do you see, again, the Apostle Paul here, and again, he's quoting here, you know, Psalms 14, 1 to 3, Psalm 53, 1 to 3, and Ecclesiastes 7, verse 20. He's quoting the Old Testament scriptures. And again, he's he's laying down the gamut, so to speak. You know, he's just, he's bringing down the hammer so that we will really, really understand the condition we're in outside of Jesus Christ. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who understands. There is no one who does good, not even one. And it's interesting here. He's going to go from, uh, you know, some scholars have pointed out how he's going to go just from our head to our feet, showing just that that every part of us, when you look at us, you know, as human beings, you know, is just is sinful. All right. He's going to start at our head and he's going to finish at our feet. Verse 13, their throats are open graves, their tongues practice deceit. What does that mean? Their throats are open graves. When we open our mouth, nothing but death comes out. When we speak, death and destruction comes out of our mouth. Now, even as Christians, you know, we can still have a throat that's an open grave, but Before we become a Christian, if we're not in Christ today, scripturally, we're spiritually dead. We have no spiritual life in us. We have no eternal life. All that can come out of us is death because we are spiritually dead. Now, when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we come into eternal life. We come into spiritual life, the scripture teaches, and now we can have life come out of our mouth. But before Christ... All our mouths are, are open graves. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. Just consistent lying about everything. The scripture says the devil is the father of lies. So, again, um, this list is given us so that we will have a certain understanding. the condition that we're in again it's given to us as a mercy right bobby their throats are open graves their tongues practice deceit the poison of vipers is on their lips again we speak things and we say things that 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 are poisonous that are that are that are infecting to others we speak in a way that we want to harm others and condemn others and, and, and hurt others. And again, this is the state of humanity outside of Jesus. So again, this is how the, you know, and again, we, you know, like I said, it's, uh, you know, some scholars have pointed out, you know, when you go from our head to our feet, you can just see just utter sinfulness in everything. Their throats are open graves, their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Verse 14, that's Psalm 10, verse seven. Romans three, fourteen. their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Um, again, I, uh, before I became a Christian, I became a Christian when I was around 27 or 28 years old. And I was convicted you know, by the Holy Spirit that, you know what, that the, the scripture is clear that we ought not use foul language. Now I'm not, you know, as a Christian, I've had to repent. There are times when I've said things that I shouldn't say. Um, you know, and so we always really have to watch the words that come out of our mouth. But before I became a Christian, it didn't bother me to, to no matter what came out of our mouth, my mouth was full of cursing and bitterness. And, you know, I was, I was indifferent to it. Verse 15, their feet are swift to shed blood. 16 ruin and misery marked their ways. Seventeen in the way of peace they do not know. Verse eighteen, there is no fear of God before their eyes. So we started out with our in our head, with our mouth, with our throat, with our tongue, right? And now we're down to the feet. Their feet are swift to shed blood, ruin and misery mark their ways. So again, again, this is the state of humanity. There's no life in them. Um, there's no love in them. There's no understanding. Of who God is and, and how we're called to live. There's there's no verse eighteen. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Verse seventeen. In the way of peace, they do not know ruin and misery mark their ways. Verse sixteen. All that all that awaits us. All that there is, Chris, without Jesus, is ruin and misery okay until we until we come to know jesus christ as our lord and savior until we've received him until we receive spiritual life only ruin and misery can ultimately mark our ways in the way of peace they do not know verse 17 that is uh isaiah 59 7 and 8 there is no fear of God before their eyes. That's Psalm 36, verse 1. So you can see again that the Apostle Paul, again, systematically is showing us how utterly sinful we are as human beings. And he's, he's using Scripture. He's using the Old Testament Scripture to do it. And it's here for us to really understand our, our helpless and our hopeless. And our utterly desperate state that we're in outside of Jesus Christ, our Lord. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Until we come to Christ, we don't have a proper awe, a proper respect. We cannot have a proper awe, respect, and yes, an outright fear to be afraid of a holy God. Um. You know, the, the, the concept of the fear of God has been watered down in the church today. It certainly does mean to have an awe and respect for our triune God. But it, yes, it also does mean to actually fear the triune God. That, that, you know, even in Christ as Christians, we ought to have a certain fear. We ought to be afraid to live in certain ways because our Heavenly Father will discipline us. And the discipline won't be pleasant the dis- the discipline can be unimaginably painful for living a sinful life, so yes, ideally, of course, I would like to live every aspect of my life out of love for Christ and out of devotion to my heavenly Father. I'd like to do to do everything you know, Esther, you know because I'm being led by the Holy Spirit, but I confess that that still it seems to me. I'll even say much of the time that often there are things that I do and things I refrain from doing out of a a healthy fear of God, not just the respect for my father and for Jesus and for the Holy Spirit, but because I'm afraid, because I I don't want to not experience his presence. I don't want to to be under discipline. Now, hear me, when we're sinful, he doesn't leave us, right? Right. I mean he'll never leave us or never forsake us. the Hebrew writer says, right um, but you know when we live in an unrepentant and sinful lifestyle, you know he doesn't leave us but but we don't experience him the same way. he doesn't stop loving us ever, but we don't experience his love in the same way when we 're living in a sinful and disobedient lifestyle, and in fact, we will and do experience his discipline. Um, and so we, you know, we really need to get back to a healthy and more complete fear of God in the body of Christ. We we need to we need to have an awe. We need to have a reverence. We need to have a respect. And we certainly do need to have just the plain fear. We do need to be afraid more of walking in sinful disobedience and walking in indifference and walking in apathy. Right, pop? All right. So he's given this incredible now list of the state of humanity. Paul has used the the most clear and forceful language possible so that we get it. Do we get it? Do you get it, Kristen? Lauren, do you get it? Nathan, Wendy, do you get it? Do we get it? All right. Let these verses sink in. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. Hear that. Let that sink in. That is the state of every single human being that's not in Jesus. And and we say that so that in love, that everyone will understand their place outside of Christ and that you will run to Jesus. That you'll humble yourself before him if you're not sure you're a Christian today. And, and just sincerely give your life to Jesus Christ. John 1 12 says, yet says, yet to all who received him, Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Have you genuinely received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Are you trusting in him today? For the forgiveness of your sins the salvation of your soul deliverance from the wrath of god in eternal hell and to go to heaven when you die are you relying on jesus are you clinging to jesus do you have your full faith and confidence in jesus alone for eternal life romans 10 13 says that everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved now hear me it's not our words that save us you just don't puppet words or say some words and you're saved. It's Jesus who saves you. But, but the scripture is given, the promise is given that if from this understanding, if from this place of knowing that this represents you and this represents me, these verses that, that Paul spoke in here, if from that place, you will humble yourself before Jesus, acknowledging your hopelessness, your helplessness, your desperate, just desperate condition. And from that place, you call out to him and ask him to come into your heart, to be the Lord of your life, asking Jesus to save you from your sin and to bring you to heaven. When you die, you will be saved. It's a promise of the word of God. God has given his word, right? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, again, it's not just calling and puppeting words, obviously. It's it's the genuineness. It's the sincerity of our heart that matters. And if your heart is sincere, and you go before Jesus knowing your desperate need of him and call out to him from that place, crying out to him to be the Lord of your life and to save you from your sin, you will be saved. You will become a child of God based on John 1.12. God the Father will become your heavenly Father. Jesus Christ will be your Lord and Savior and Master and King. God the Holy Spirit will be your guide, your counselor, in your comforter. And if you are in Christ today, for those of us that are in Christ, when we look at these, at these scriptures, we ought to repent for the area of our lives that are still out of line, right? Where we still use our mouths as Christians so often as, uh, you know, as just ungodly instruments. I still seemingly consistently speak things that I ought not to, and I repent over it earnestly, okay? As Christians, again, we you know, how often are you seeking Jesus? Where is your devotion who seeks Jesus? This says, No one seeks God. Now that you're a Christian, are you seeking after him? Are you running after him, Linz? Are you seeking to know him? Are you spending time in the Word of God, Nathan? Hmm. No one, all have turned away. They have together become worthless. Are you looking to live for Christ now that you're in Jesus? Are you looking to live your life in the service of? of the Son of God and the Kingdom of God and the Word of God? Are you using your time, your gifts and talents and your money to advance the cause of Christ? Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Are you, again, you know, are you, are you looking to, to, to use your mouth and to use your words in a way that build up others? Right, Stephen? You know, Ephesians 4.29, right? Let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. <laughs> um, wow. And there is no fear of God before their eyes. Do you walk in a healthy fear of God? A healthy awe, respect, and yes, outright fear of, of living in disobedience. Mm. Verse 19. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced, and the whole world held accountable to God. Listen to that. Okay? You hear that, Corinne? Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced, and the whole world held accountable to God. You see that, Ian Peyton? Chloe, Benny, so when he says, now we know that whatever the law says, it says those, to those who are under the law, he's talking about the law here in, in the form of the Bible, okay? The scripture, okay? Every single one of us is under the law of scripture. Every single one of us, yes, is accountable to this book, the Word of God, the scriptures, the Bible. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. We've already said that all 8 billion people in the world are sinful and under this charge in Romans 1, 2, and this list in 3, and only in Jesus Christ can we escape. But every single human being that has ever lived is accountable to the Bible. This is why we do what we do. This is why we teach the scriptures. This is why we we work not to give you our own opinions or our own thoughts or even my own beliefs. What I think, what I believe, it's not material. What does the Bible say? What do the scriptures teach? Because every single human being ultimately is gonna be held accountable to the word of God, to the Bible, to the scriptures. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Verse 20, therefore no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. We cannot be made right with God by doing good. We cannot come into right relationship with God. We cannot have the forgiveness of our sins. We cannot go to heaven by doing good things, by following the 10 commandments, by doing good works. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. We cannot be made right with God. We cannot have our sins forgiven. Even all the good we do doesn't take away the sin we've already done. We need a savior. Rather, through the law, verse 20, we become conscious of sin. When we look into the scriptures, when we look into the law of God, it reflects how sinful we really are, that we have not kept the commands of God. We have not obeyed the scripture. We're in a hopeless, helpless, desperate state. We need a savior and we are not it. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin because we have our Bible. We know that we're sinful and we need a savior. And only in Jesus can we be saved from our sin and go to heaven. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy, your favor, your goodness and grace on our lives. Lord Jesus, we just thank you again for living for us and for dying for us. And we thank you that you're alive and risen. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal this message to our hearts now. Give us eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that understand. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.